Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This week's Spurs show is brought to you by the Ralston on Lily Road in Fulham, in partnership with Watney's Pale L. With comfortable modern surroundings, award-winning staff and a friendly atmosphere, it's a great place to watch sports on TV if you can't get to the game. Hi, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, this week's Spurs show was recorded literally half an hour before the shocking news has just been announced that Mauricio Pochettino has been sacked by Tottenham Hotspur. Uh, therefore, the show that you may deem to listen to uh, is really discussing um, <laughs> the fact that he was still there and where does the team and the club go. As you'll hear from tonight's show... All the uh, guests on the show wanted Pochettino to be backed and given time to turn things around and certainly level things at the board that things the board haven't done. And now we heard the extraordinary news that even though they've had this week's break and everything, they have deemed it because of recent results to sack the man who has turned the club around football-wise, got the team to our very first Champions League final and yet has not been given the time to try and turn things around uh, again, as it were. Um, obviously, it's a bit raw. We're all a bit numb. We're in shock. We assume that Levy has someone lined up. Otherwise, you have to ask, why do it now? Um, if, unless there's a manager they think they could get right now and he's available. Otherwise, you go, why get rid of him now? We don't know the conversations that have gone on between the two. Maybe they got wind that Pochettino wanted to go at the end of the season or something and Tottenham have decided to pull up the money. This was a manager they were thinking of getting lots of money for maybe one day in compensation for maybe a Real Madrid or Bayern Munich. But no, Spurs will be paying out compensation uh, to Pochettino, paying off his contract. And the young manager that's done so much to bring fans and players together uh, has gone. Uh, my initial thoughts are it's quite short-sighted. Uh, we mentioned in tonight's show uh, that effectively football is a results business and the results in the league have been awful. Uh, you'll hear that tonight. But um, extremely upset, and I'm sure I speak for all fans, where we wish Pochettino success, and I'm sure he will get success anywhere he goes, where he's backed properly in the transfer market. 
to go out and buy players he thinks he needs. Um, I hope to God uh, Enoch have someone lined up and there is a plan in place to take this team, which is a very good team, onto bigger and better things. Uh, I really hope there is a plan because there isn't a plan. There's going to be a lot of dissent at the new stadium. I really believe that. Anyway, with that in mind, uh, feel free to listen to tonight's show, which again, I reiterate, was recorded half an hour before the news that Pochettino had been sacked. Thanks for listening. Hello, welcome around the world. It's the Spurs Show, as you know, the longest running podcast on Tottenham Hotspur Football Club. Well, it's been a nice week because it hasn't been a game. Uh, so we've all had a lovely week off of, of sort of no, not too much misery, but we're back this weekend. A huge, huge game uh, against West Ham United. It's always their cup final. And according to the papers, a lot of the papers today, the Times, the Independent, the Telegraph, the Sun, the end could be nigh for Pochettino. Joining me tonight uh, to pick the bones through where we think this team is going to end up this season, we have two ex-associate directors of the club. Firstly, returning, Mr. Darren Rotman returns. Good evening. And uh, secondly, a man who's also co-author of the wonderful Spurs shirt book. If you haven't got the Spurs shirt book, go and get it. Making his debut, Darren Burney is here. Good evening. Nice to see you, Darren. And also returning, normally, been doing this show for many, many years, known as the Voice of Doom. Here he is, Mr. Robert Eason. Well, things must be bad, Mike. Well, they're always bad when you're on the show. Absolutely. You're you're called out. It's like the old bat phone goes, and, and you're called out. So, welcome to everyone. As I said, uh, later on we're going to look uh, in detail at the West Ham game. Uh, but we've really got to start, gentlemen, with... Look, we've all, there's always been rumours and this man said and this, you know, this auntie's cat once heard this and all the usual kind of stuff. And, and you two particularly have obviously worked uh, within the club. Um, Darren Rockman first. What do you think with these, all these paper stuff coming out? Do you think the end is nigh for Pochettino now? Well, with the newspaper stuff, it seems to be today's Pochettino. Last weekend, it was Pellegrino. Mm. A few days before, it was Unai Emery. You know, I think that if a chairman doesn't speak to a manager during an international break, that's news. Mm -hmm. Do I think the end is nigh for Pochettino? That was my question, yes. Yes, I know. (laughs) But remember, we're in general election season, so you don't actually have to answer questions. (laughs) Do I think the end is nigh? When you say nigh, do, I, do you think now or do I think at the end of the season? I don't think he will be our manager at the start of next season. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying whether that's a, a good thing or a bad thing. But I think football is a little bit cyclical. Mm. And I think if you look at the teams in the past, the great teams, whether we like to admit it or not, the Arsenal team under Wenger, the United team under Ferguson, every four or five years there was a big change in L of the key person at that football club. And I think after four or five years at a football club, you have to make a key change of personnel or you change the manager. Mm-hmm. And that's for the club to decide. Well, Darren, I mean, Pochettino, you know, when you look back at things he said, Pochettino near the end of last season, I think at the end of the season, said, and I'm paraphrasing here, 
we need a revolution with the club. We need to do things differently. And I think most fans assume that meant uh, going out and getting players, getting them early in the transfer window, doing things in a way that one can argue that uh, Enoch haven't done over the years. Clearly, that hasn't happened. I mean, look, look at where we are currently in the league. We sit 14th. Um, we have international stars in our team who we saw, you know, Kane again, wonderful record uh, now for England. Um, what do you think is going on? Well, I think with Pochettino, um, he probably uh, wasn't getting the players he certainly expected mm. um, on his in his summer transfer budget. A lot of that hinged on players um, coming off of the books. Yeah. Um, obviously, we got players at the end of their contract, and they clearly want to go. Um, then you've got a difficult situation in the dressing room. You've got to um, you've got to play those players. The reality is you can't afford because of the quality of the players to um, sideline them and just keep them as squad members. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's it's a near impossible task for him. Uh, I think the uh, Nodumbelli signing was good, but um, I wouldn't say it was a fantastic um, you know, transfer window for the club. Uh, we did need reinforcements. But can a ma- another manager do any better? I'm, I'm not so sure. I think the difficulty here is that clearly there are a few players that are end- at the end of their contracts or the last seasons and um, they really should be moved on to make way for other players. Mm. So um, I feel a little bit sorry for Pochettino, to be honest. Mm. Rob, I mean, you, you, you know, you, you've, you've worked as a, a coach now for a while. From a coach's point of view... Uh, he's, Pochettino's gone in there. He's done an, an amazing job with what he was given. Uh, as Darren said at the top of the show, it's cyclical, four or five years, things change. Do you, think, do you think he's gone stale? Do you think the players are going stale? Do you think he's the right man to be given the tools to make uh, you know, Tottenham version two under, under Pochettino? <clears throat> well, not for the first time I disagree with Darren. Um, <laughs> I mean, they didn't change it after five years, obviously. Uh, uh, Wenger and Ferguson you know, were, were part of the uh, club for a very long time, and they stuck with them, albeit they changed their assistants, although they changed their assistants occasionally. I believe that with Ponchettino, oh, look, it's depressing. I'm looking at this newspaper now, and I'm seeing Eddie Howe and, and Ancelotti. Look, we've had great managers at Spurs. I mean, you can't, you know, over the last 20 years, look at the, the, we've had, the we've quality. Had 12, we've had 12 managers well, name in 19 them. years. I mean, they're brilliant managers, brilliant coaches. He's a brilliant manager and a brilliant coach. But here we are in the same situation again. The common factor for me is not the coach. I mean, go back to other coaches. They're all great. I mean, they're international coaches, uh, popular coaches, successful coaches. But it seems that we end up in the same position. What's the common denominator here? It's not the coaches. I mean, you know, if you're blaming Ponch, then blame the one before him, the one before that, the one before that. And do you think this lot who are coming in are going to have any uh, difference? The common denominator are the owners. And until that's changed, I don't think anything will... will but do you different. think... Okay, okay, I think a lot of Spurs fans will agree with you, Rob. The problem is the owners. They are the owners. Loads of people on social media, you know, leave the... They're the owners. They're just going to leave. It's not like a, a manager you can sack. They're not until they sell the club. Uh, they're not going anywhere. But as but as, but as Bob's point is then, so when you sit down uh, being interviewed to be the next coach of Tottenham Hotspur, you presumably be told, this is how we do things. We like to get this kind of player, build them up, maybe sell them on, and then managers, in fairness, go, 
all right, yeah, I'm, 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 I'm happy with that. So they must go in with their eyes open. This is how the club is run. Of course they do. And actually, Rob, once again, listens to half of the story. What I actually said, yeah, is that every four or five years, people change the club. I, the players, Ferguson moved on. David Beckham, Yap Stam, Roy Keane, Wenger moved on players. When he realised after four or five years, you need to change. It's like in any business, you need to have fresh people mm, in the business. And if you're trying to tell me that Pochettino doesn't know what's going on, hasn't been told this is what is going to happen, this is how it's going to work, I don't, I don't believe that. I do not believe that for one minute. I think he knew exactly changes. what was going on. Those, those clubs made those changes halfway through their tenders with the help of the board. I mean, Ferguson changed the team with the help of his chairman. I mean, in fairness, Darren, Levy came out in the, uh, the meeting with the Tottenham Hotspur Trust a few weeks ago and said, yes, we've made mistakes. Um, signing players, selling players is, is not an exact science. There's many parts to it and all that. But he effectively said, yes, we, 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 we've made errors. We couldn't move players on. What fans want to know is, surely sometimes if your coach says move them on, Wanyama, prime example. I think we bought Wanyama for about £11 million. He's had injuries. He's not the same player. You know, take a hit. You, you get your money's worth out of him. Get certain players out of the club rather than, oh, you know, I want to get X back for him. Surely you have to back your coach if you want to progress. Do, do you think under Enid we can become a club that starts winning trophies? I, I do. Um, whether that's the long-term plan of the board to stick around, um, that, that's another issue. Mm. But ag- again, it's, it's still a business. I mean, if people, if suddenly Spurs let five or six players go for nothing, uh, just to shift them, then people will be on jumping on the Bournes bandwagon and asking why they didn't get transfer fees in because those trans- same transfer fees yeah. will underwrite the cost to bring in new players. Um, you know, at the end of the day, I, f- I think it's a bit harsh on Daniel Levy and the board. Um, if you look at the journey over the last five years, we've got probably the best stadium in Europe. It would take a long time for someone to come along and build something and, and better that. We've got the best training ground facilities. But again, you still have to generate money in the transfer window to actually fund a lot of that. It's, it's not an unlimited pot. Our project has never been about that. Um, it's not a project like a Manchester City or a Liverpool where millions and millions of pounds will just come in to underwrite transfer budgets. That doesn't necessarily buy you the success. So, you know, I think Daniel's put his sort of hand up and said, yes, we tried to shift some players during the summer, but... At the end of the day, if clubs aren't coming in and buying or making sensible offers, then what can you do? It's a, it's a catch-22. Sorry, can I just... Of course you can. Because I've been living in America for a while. Um, I've never heard a Dallas Cowboy fan on any radio station, on any sports channel, harp on about their 110,000-seater stadium, which, by the way, is the best stadium in the world. They want to win a Super Bowl. And they're angry that they don't win a Super Bowl. So they'll never come on and go, well, we've got a nice stadium. Which, by the way, has hardly any infrastructure around it. There's no bridge that's been built to any station and still can't park. But the fact of the matter is, as a football fan, I, I, I really would mind, I wouldn't mind watching them in a cardboard box if we could win something. We got to a position this year where we were challenging for the league titles over the last few years. In the Champions League final, you think from that position, the club would really back their manager, who obviously was a a massive part of getting them there, Mm. and move on and kick on into what 
I'd like to discuss, which is a winning mentality at a football club, which is what we don't have. Mm. We're happy not to win because it's a business, because that's what it's about. And until we have a mentality that the whole club, from the chairman to the tea lady, because if you go back over the Liverpool teams of the 70s, Man U in the 80s, etc., everybody at the club had a winning mentality. And they used to say that, didn't they? I mean, it's a cliche. But the, the tea lady had it. Everyone had it. We don't have it at Tottenham. Who's to blame for that? Darren? I agree, I agree. Not Darren, when I said Darren. Finally, what do I mean, who to blame? There Darren's is, there, to blame. We, we do not have a club with a winning <laughs> mentality. And I do think one of the players you need to buy is, I know it's all great buying these young players, you have to have a player with experience who has won something and knows how to win. Mm. No one in that team knows how to win. Whether they play for Tottenham, whether they play for England, there's no winning mentality. The last, sorry, the last player like that you mentioned off the top of my head was probably Edgar Davids back in 2005. Yeah. I, I will ask the other two Six. one other question. Go on. And, you know, I agree with what a lot of these have said. However, can I ask you a question? Over the last four or five years, we have had a very good team. Do either of you, any of you three, think that with a different manager, Tottenham would have won a trophy, be it the League Cup, whatever you want to call it, FA Cup, Champions League and Lit or Premier League? Because from, realistically, from the, start of the, from the start of the season, realistically, over the last four or five years, we really should have made a much better fist of the Cups, which he takes no interest in, right? Mm. I want to win something as a Spurs fan. And I have to say... And I like Maurizio Pochettino. I've met him many times. He is a lovely fella and he talks a lot of sense. I do believe, though, that over the past five years, we should, with the squad that he has had, won a trophy. And he hasn't been able to deliver. Darren, do you want to add anything to, to that? Do you, do you agree with that? We should have won something? Yeah, I, I agree with that. Um... I mean, he is a good coach. Um, the, the shame is that certain managers come to clubs, don't necessarily stay a long time, but do end up winning a trophy. Yeah. Um, well, the, uh, Chelsea. Chelsea will get rid of managers every couple of seasons who win things, but they, that, that, that system works for them. In the past, it has anyway. Well, it, it's worked in the past. I mean, the system, or the behind the scenes, it seems to be toxic at Chelsea. Yeah. Um, but they continuously win things, and obviously we're lacking that. But four or five months ago, we, we were very close to getting there. Mm. Unfortunately, we didn't turn up on the day, and, and the rest is history. Um, look, at the end of the day, what other manager can come in and work you know, on the wage structure and, and the transfer kitty and produce other results? I'm not sure if there's any manager out there... Um, not necessarily say would do that job, but would be willing to come to Tottenham on the terms agreed. Well, I think Darren's really asked a good question. And I'll tell you why, because it is complicated. I, I agree with him. We get to semi-finals. I remember the United one at Wembley. 19, quite a lot under him. Yeah. A lot of semi-finals. I remember the United one at Wembley. Yeah. yeah. Where well, we just didn't... It looked like we just didn't want to win the game. Um, well, not want to win well, the I game. Well, we just didn't try... Second half, we gave up. Oh, I mean, we, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't have it in us to win it. But the fact of the matter is, over the course of the season, he's obviously prioritising other cups, a league and Champions League. And it's quite open, I think, about the fact that he's not bothered about winning the FA Cup or the League Cup. Why? Because I don't think the squad's big enough to challenge on all four fronts. Mm -hmm. Which means you go to your chairman. Look, we're, we're not a football club like Bournemouth or someone where you've, you've got to speak to the chairman and say, look, you know, should we win a cup? I mean, that would be good for this club or whatever. We should be going for 
all the trophies that we participate in because we are a huge club. However, I think he does have to prioritise because I don't think he has the squad. And he's thinking to himself, if I start playing Kane every single week, I have played this player every single week, that by the time we do get, especially the way he was playing, because I think he's even changed the way he's playing, because if you play with the intensity and pressing game that he started with, Mm. these players would be burned out by the end of the season. So he does have to give up on certain cups, which is an absolute shame and disaster, because I'd love us to win a cup, any cup. But the fact that what Darren's saying is, is correct. Would another coach be able to come in with the squad he's got mm. and then all of a sudden start to win things? I, 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 don't, I think he'd be left with the same situation, wouldn't he? But, but Robert, I agree with you. So you're, you, you would agree with me yeah. that he prioritises the Champions yes. League of the Premier League. Yeah, right. agree, then yeah. Can you tell me how, in the last calendar year of 24, I think it's 24, nobody hang me if it's 23 or 25, yeah. our Premier League form... In one of the two trophies that he prioritises is relegation form. It's 25 points in the last 24 the last, games, I believe. In this calendar year. Mm. Right. So, if he's... Pri- Robert, if I'm agreeing, I'm, yeah. I'm agreeing with you, he's prioritising the two. Yeah. One of which we got to the final of, which was the greatest weekend of my life. Mm. But <clears throat> any Spurs fan will admit, we did get a little bit lucky to get there. The Champions League last season covered over our Premier League form. The Premier League is a bread and butter that you want to want, one you want to win. And the last calendar year, out of the one of the two trophies that he has prioritised, our form is relegation form. That is a fact. Mm-hmm. Points, goals and everything. So, how, this, how, is why, this is why it's got more complicated, though, because now we, we went past, you know, we got a, a long way in the Champions League, mm-hmm. which then meant he's kind of having to sacrifice a few league games. And our form dipped away, didn't it, towards the end? Although, we still finished in the top four. So, overall, the season. Since then, what's happened, I believe, maybe Darren Burney might be able to help us with, is it a case now that players playing in Champions League finals and playing for England are walking in dressing rooms and walking down tunnels with players that are earning twice as much as they're earning? are not on the right contracts, some players who want to leave, and that has been the major cause now of this complete crash. Well, I, I would, my feeling is that um, that's correct. You've got players that are disgruntled about being at the club and on the wage structure. Um, Ericsson, for the last year, probably year and a half, you know, everybody knew he wasn't going to sign a new contract. Um, you know, in my mind... What is the point of having him in the team at the moment? Mm. Um, he hasn't performed. His mind's elsewhere. But again, he's not the only player. And if you've got three or four players all feeling the same way, as I said, you've got the impossible task here. So what does Pochettino do? Does he actually have the balls to take these players and just put them into the reserves or, or sidestep them completely? He um, took when he, when he moved in, he did move out the Kabuls, the Kapuas, the Adebayors. He did that kind of revolution very early on. And this time with the same senior players, you could argue maybe he hasn't been able to, maybe because of the results we're getting as well, which, is, which has been the problem. You know, you mentioned the Ericsons, the Rose. You know, they've been playing. It's not like they've been banished, never to be seen again. You could argue because we don't have the players at the moment in that squad to replace them week in, week out. They're not in the right frame of mind, are they? Mm. You know, we've had, our problem has been, we've had the best centre-half combination in the Premier League for the last five years. And now they're both going to go at the same time. Mm-hmm. And that, I agree with Robert, that is complete mismanagement. It's complete mismanagement. We're going down the same road that Arsenal have gone through. Mm. And, you know, anyone, anyone who is delusional enough to think this is going to change in January, 
If Spurs got offered 40 million quid for each of those three players in January, those players are going to say, uh-uh, mm. I'm doing a pre-contract thing, I'm mm. getting 15 million quid in my pocket, and that's just the way it is. I, you can't blame the players for that. Do you think because of the huge amount of work Levy's had for the stadium, and we believe he's micromanaged it, and he's been there doing it all, do you think he's basically took his eye off these sort of transport stuff, which he sort of deals, I assume he deals with no, by himself as well? It's been going on well before. The stadium was built. This has happened with other coaches. Look, Carlo Ancelotti, come to Spurs. High expectations. One of the biggest fan bases in the country that are going to expect you to win, but that have never won anything in 20 years. By the way, we'll deal with the transfer market. You won't. We'll get you the players we think, not yours. And by the way, they'll be paid half as much as everyone else. Good luck, Carlos. Mm. Or Carlo, even. Do you, yeah. <laughs> do you think then, do you think that he is being given players that he doesn't want? Or does he go to the board and say, right, I need, I need a midfielder. Number one, Lionel Messi. Number two, Cristiano Ronaldo. Number three, Ndembe. Ndembe. And the ball go, right, can't get one, can't get through. There you go, Poch. I've got you number three. Is he being realistic with his targets? I don't know. This is a question. Well, uh, I mean, just before we were challenging Leicester for the league title and the Jan- January transfer window, I remember sitting in the same podcast room saying, well, how are we not investing in a second striker that may be able to come off the bench and score his goals late on in the season? We didn't. We didn't buy it. And guess what? Later on in the season, we were drawing in games last, when we got to win winning games. Just so you know, under Poch, the last five years... The Tottenham net spend on transfers has been 95 million. Uh, the only teams who have spent less than that are Crystal Palace, Burnley, Southampton, Norwich, and Sheffield United. That's net spend. Net spend, yeah. That yeah, means, that means yeah. after you've sold one, yeah, yeah. maybe none of those players of other clubs have had players to sell. Mm. Well, there you are. So that argument. Now, now, I think you can make figures read anything you want them to mean. And I'm not necessarily convinced by net spend because Frank Lampard's net spend is zero. Well, here's my figures. <laughs> here's my figures. How many managers? Uh, Nineteen managers. The la- sorry, 19... 12, 12. 12 managers in the nineteen years uh, Enoch have been. Um, Twelve managers. Cup. One, one league. league cup. One league cup. Yeah. Net spend five point four in the last twenty years. How, there's our figures. Mm. No, I, I, absolutely. Yeah. But you've also got one manager in the last. Was it four years? Five, Five years. years, yeah. Um, look, this is the first time from memory where, well, not only, well, it's not just one player that's only out of his contract. I think there's three players out of contract mm. at the moment. Um, go back the last four years, there wasn't that issue. Players, as they entered into the last year or two, the contract contracts were being renewed. So it's no um, coincidence that we're, we're probably facing the first crisis under Pochettino with quite a large number of players at a contract who are not fully committed there. Um, and again, I think when you look at net spend, look, during that time, we've built a new stadium, we've done a lot of infrastructure work, um, training ground, superb, um, there's a, a hotel now that's open there for the players. Nice. You know, we, we've got the finest infrastructure in place. We nearly won the Champions League. Um, yes, you know... We could all want to turn the clock back, but the reality is, is this really a crisis? I mean, at the end of the day... It will be if we go down. But, but, but again... We're, we're, you we're know, what, six points off relegation. Well, I, I hope we start to climb the table soon. Um, I'm sure Pochettino will want to... We're out of the League Cup. We were beaten by Colchester. I know, and it's, it's embarrassing, but I'm sure the manager and his coaching staff... Half the staff, team don't want to play. 
when yeah. we watched matches, I was at Sheffield United. I've been at every home game, obviously. I've been most at most games this season. Mm. I don't want to play. Yeah, but again, coming back to it, wouldn't if a new manager came in and if he can't shift those players, mm. and I'm sure Pochettino is doing exactly the same process at the moment. Is a new manager going to do any different? No, no, but your question was, is it a crisis? We were humiliated by Bayern Munich in the Champions League. Seven goals in Lost one the game. Bright, even, and then that, that Brighton game was, to me, the, was the worst. was even more embarrassing. Yeah, and, more embarrassing. And, then, and then being knocked out of the League Cup and we're near the bottom of the table. Uh-huh. I mean, I so think what would you crisis. do, Robert? What would you, what would you change? <laughs> was nothing on the basis, like... you can't... The owners... Who, the owners aren't going to walk away. So let's just forget mm. that. Whether they whether he should sell or shouldn't sell, exactly. wants They're to sell or doesn't anywhere. want to sell, it's irrelevant. It's his football club. He's built it as it is. There's and, nothing, you know. So what what would you do right now to change the spiral that we're in? Change the people running the club, the people at the very top. You can't. Okay, well then, I, then there's nothing I can do. <laughs> there's nothing the, I can do problem. but protest. Protest constantly protest which i've done on this show for years and years and years because we are all old enough here to remember the times we did win trophies and enjoyed those nights and days where we where we won things and if our policy now is just to roll out good football and win some you lose some and you don't win anything and come back next year and the lounge prices go up and the season ticket prices go up and everything else goes up if all the fans are happy, well, they clearly are because the stadium is full every week. I, I still go. And that's where they've got us, over a barrel. Well, Look, yeah. Spurs doesn't matter what they do. Well, I'm going to go. Are you? Of course. This is it. Yeah, yeah, fans, yeah we're all going to go. go. Yeah. And that's the problem with one of the loyalist fan bases in, in world, world no, it's, sport. It's not just Spurs, mate. You tell me any other business, mm. and I challenge anyone to do this, any other business where your product isn't top rate for what you're paying for, this is the only business football where your clients do not go to a rival. Mm. You know, if I'm watching... I'm off to Barnet, fuck it. Do you, but do you know what I mean? You mm. will, all, that's where they have got you, mm. yeah? And I agree with you there. But when you're saying the ground's full now, it is full now, I agree with you. What is going to happen if, I mean, if, we get, if it goes pear-shaped and we're playing shitsville arizona next year in the chat in the europa league on a thursday night then that ground ain't going to be full mm. but again the, the, you know the, if you look at I, I can't remember the first i think the first manager there was graham was there enoch came in hoddle took over fans favorite say that didn't work this has gone on for many many years i, I think if you if you want to call it a revolution that we've got better and got into europe you know, we had Santini, who was this World Cup manager, French World Cup he manager, won fantastic, won something, barely lasted. Yol came in, Yol got us into Europe. But there's always been this problem when we wanted to go up a level, the Harry Redknapp season, the January window, we went out and bought Ryan Nelson and Sahar, and all the fans thought, no, kick on. As Rob mentioned at the top of the show, this is the problem. When it comes to, in hindsight, other players that could have, look, there's no guarantee, we know that. But you sort of go, and look at Liverpool, we were discussing the car with, uh, and I know it was Coutinho money, you can argue the kind of money was there. They went out that season when they, when we finished by them for years, they went out and bought Van Dijk, yeah, Alisson Van the Dijk goalkeeper, Mike, for 70 million. It was a right? lot of money for a defender. And, and a time. lot of people on that day said, yeah. 70 yeah, million the, for a yeah. cent and a half? Mm. Well, well, you tell me why they paid 70 million for him. Because they want to win something. Mm. Not, not for any other reason. They want to win something. And it was a gamble at the time. It hasn't turned out to be that way, has it? Mm. Can I ask you three a question? Mm. Yes. And I am a Pochettino fan. 
as I've said to you. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to throw a name. You're your job, Mike. I'm going to, just, doing I'm, a much better I job. I am going to throw a name at you. Go on. Forget the 27 pass football and it's lovely and you do this and you do that and he flicks it to him I know what you're going to say I know, know what you're going to say over no. the last five years <laughs> with the current batch of players we have had in the last five years forget how he plays football with Jose Mourinho as manager we would have won a trophy no because well, he wouldn't be we, given the money he would be given the money he would not yeah. you know I he said, always goes the current, in the current I don't have in front of me what Mourinho spent do you think he no. was never to be given the money no, I'm talking about with this, forget it with the current players we have had over the past five seasons they've got to a Champions League final in theory should have won the league the year that Leicester won it and the next year were very unlucky because Chelsea won 15 games on the spin do you think, you three, with that team at his disposal over the past four or five seasons, whether it's the League Cup, the FA Cup, whatever you call it, we would have won a trophy with a manager like Jose Mourinho's football you might not have liked? Possibly that, if it was Mourinho, that Man United semi-final, possibly would have won that game and got to the final. Whether we would have won that, I don't know. League-wise... I don't think so. The best team we had under Pochettino was when we had Walker and Rose bombing forward and all that. We've never replaced Walker. This has been a big problem. We still don't know who should be in that position now. He, he started with Carl Walker-Peters this season, said he's going to play. He's just disappeared now. They haven't got that right. We, we know that. And our centre-backs are ageing, and we haven't replaced can those I, players. Of course you can. I think, I think Pochettino's a great coach. I think I we'd agree with, with yeah, that. I agree with you. Coaching and management is different, though, isn't it? I mean, when it comes to managing the club, who manages it? Well, I would I would say that Daniel Levy manages the club. He's the a manager coach. of the football club is Daniel Levy. The coach not, of the club the is manager. Pochettino. The, the coach, I mean, Pochettino's job is basically to run the team and everything around it. Including That's, buying players? Well, I would assume it's that... There's a committee, isn't that, it? Yeah, I would assume that there's a list of players, yeah. and then the... And who the has board, the final say in that? Well, it's... The manager it's, or the... No, I, I think um, the system at Spurs at the moment is the manager would be recommending several players, and then it's down to the board mm. to go out and try and achieve that. But, again, we're in a situation here. If you've got four or five players that... Um, if you manage to sell them on in the last year of the contract and you bank 100, 150 million, I'm sure that the current board would have said to Pochettino, all that money gets reinvested. Who and, manages that? Well, I would say Daniel Levy manages that. But I'm sure he's... The, the, the contracts now with the players who, who can't be sold is managed by Daniel Levy. I, I believe so, yes. But, there's, there, there'll be, but the point is, we all thought in the summer... summer Ericsson, let's get him. We might get through. Well, I think we, I don't know what he was the price if you phoned up and asked, but we were hoping to get 40, 50, 60. We're going to get nothing for him. We'll probably get next to nothing for Alderweireld. We'll get all, all the players whose contracts are running out. We'll get nothing. So then, if you're looking to generate more funds, who goes? That, I mean, Kane, Son. I mean, the, they're probably our two superstar players. What happens then if you need, need to? sell to bring more revenue in this is a whole another question we're going to get at the end of the season God, let's have a quick break now because uh, we've been droning on for a while we'll be back after this very quick break
This week's Spurs show is brought to you by Gaz and the team at the Blue Ball in Walton-on-the-Hill near Epsom. Check out their amazing Sunday lunch. And whilst you're there, enjoy it with a pint of Watney's Pale Ale. Hello and welcome to Seeing Red, a true crime podcast brought to you by me, Mark and my co-host Bethan. Each week we take a deep dive into the dark world of true crime. Cases have ranged from the murder of Christina Abbott, a high-class escort who was killed by a sadistic client, to the Peru 2, a pair of young women convicted of smuggling drugs in South America. Whilst always respectful to the victims of these crimes, we do like to tell each story in our own unique style, with humour and lots of f***ing swearing. Join us every Wednesday for a new episode of Seeing Red, a true crime podcast, wherever you get yours. Hi, it's Garth Crooks here. I'm looking forward to seeing many of you at the Spurs Show Christmas Party on December the 2nd at the 100 Club, alongside my old striking partner, Steve Archibald. I suppose I'll be doing all the work again. Crooks and Archibald in their first Central London appearance together since hanging up their Spurs boots 35 years ago. Spurs show season ticket holders get an automatic ticket with priority entry, with tickets also available at live.spursshow.net. No one does Christmas like the Spurs show, except perhaps Bing Crosby and Jesus. Get your tickets at live.spursshow.net or get free entry to all our live Spurs shows at season.spurshow.net. And we're back after the break. Uh, you would have heard there the dulcet tones of Mr. Garth Crooks. Don't forget, in two weeks' time, it's the Spurs show Christmas party. Garth Crooks and Steve Archibald reunited one more time at the 100 Club on Oxford Street. It's going to be quite a night. Uh, there's two ways you can come. You can get a Spurs Show season ticket, which gets you into all our monthly events. Uh, the next one in January is with Clive Allen on January the 14th. To get a season ticket, go to season.spurshow.net. Or if you just want to come to the Christmas show on Monday, December the 2nd, it's going to be quite a night. Go to live.spurshow.net. As I mentioned there, we've got Clive Allen January the 14th. Clive will be coming on the show to talk about his new book, Upfront. And Clive has very kindly given us a signed book that one of you can win. Here is the question. Clive made his debut for us in the 85-86 season. Which team did he score his first goal for? Uh, which team Which team against, basically? Which team did he score his first goal for us against? That is the question. Uh, tweet your answers to at Show on Twitter, hashtag Clive Allen Comp, and we will randomly pick one out of a big hat and you will be sent the signed copy of Clive Allen's book. And again, if you become a Spurs show season ticket holder, you can meet him and have your own bits and pieces signed by him on January the 14th. Uh, other bits and pieces, don't forget, you can get extra premium Spurs show content, including a daily news show, match reports, interviews with ex-players, and many, many more. Go to patreon.com slash Spurs show. Uh, also, shows coming up. We've got next week, Norman Jay will be on uh, discussing his book. December the 10th, we've got Steve Perman here discussing his book. And then 17th, the return of Mike Rollo, who will be continuing his inside stories at the club going on to the sugar years. So we should be here for a few hours discussing the sugar years, no doubt. Right, gentlemen, this weekend, uh, we've alluded to it before, 
probably, certainly in the league, Monsignor Pochettino's biggest game as manager of Tottenham Hotspur. We face them down the road, West Ham in their cup final at the London Stadium. West Ham, um, just, just to remind everyone out there, played 12, won three, drawn five, lost five. We've won three, drawn five, lost four. So they're a point behind us. Uh, they haven't won uh, in the last seven games since they beat Manchester United. They also went out to the League Cup to Oxford United. Um, it's, I mean, you know, God, I, the thought of losing there, and um, we're talking about this, you know, will he go at the end of the season? Darren Rockman, if we lost at the weekend, do you think that then could be the end for Pochettino? I mean, you talked about our form, relegation form. You lose to a team below us. We could go down as low as 17th after that game. <laughs> Too <laughs> isn't it? If we lose this game, well, I don't think he'll quit. Mm-hmm. So you're saying to me, do, you, do I think he'll okay, get will fired? The board, will the board fire him? And say, I'm really sorry. It's been a wonderful run, Champions League, brilliant. But now results have got to the stage with that, uh, that uh, then squad you've got. The, answer, the, answer the results are now not good enough, which it, they've done with Martin Yole and many, many managers. Uh, when, before. when they've got rid of a manager before, I think they've had someone lined up. If right. I'm not mistaken, when they got rid of Martin Yole, they had Ra- one day Ramos. Ramos yeah. yeah. Um, if they've got a B plan B lined up, then possibly. I personally think it would be a mistake. Um, but I don't I can't even contemplate mm. us losing to West Ham United. I mean everyone knows what West Ham United are and they always will be. That is a fact. And if we lose to them, then we have got a real real problem. But you've got to remember if they lose to us their manager's got a real, real problem as well. So it's bound to be a draw, but isn't Dan, it? we don't have a great record, though. Obviously, there was the, 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 fight, the last time we played them at Upton Park in that big season, we lost. I think we lost the first time at the London Stadium as well. I know we won there, was, won there last season, didn't we? I think we won 1-0, Kane for memory. But uh, if you look at the way we're playing, I mean, we haven't had a, a game for a couple of weeks, but against Sheffield United at home, we were really, really poor. You know, if we take this form <laughs> into that game... You can't be that confident, surely. Well, after hearing the stats that you just read out, it's got yeah. nil-nil draw written yeah. all over. So. But, <laughs> no one um, wants to lose. But yeah. we're, we're optimistic. Um, you hope that this will be the performance that turns around the season. Um, I can't see, even if we lose, Pochettino going, because, again, we've got an important Champions League game the following Tuesday, mm. which could virtually, uh, a win that yeah. night, guarantees you to the next stages. So, mm. um you know, I, I can't see a, a position where him going and leave us, leaving us managerless. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm hopeful. Um, you know, it's, it's really the, the players. The players are getting a lot of, um, you know, they're getting a lot of people sort of slating them. But they, they don't want to go into these games losing. Okay, people can doubt. Um, you know, whether some players want to play, but they're players. They want to win every game. So, um, you know, let's hope that we turn up and we can get a result. Fair enough. Robert, how do you feel it's going to go? Um, <laughs> well, I, I mean, look... They, the lunchtime kick-off, I hate these 12 yeah, kickoffs as it's well. It's the game you don't want, isn't it? Bleary-eyed. Yeah, it's the game you don't want at this point. They raise their game against I mean, us, you just don't they? want this type that. of game. Away, away to West Ham, uh, in the situation you're in. Uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, we seem to show some character sometimes. I mean, it, it, it will take a lot of character, I think, because it will be a cup-tie atmosphere. Mm. Um, they beat us at home. I think they were the first yes, team to the, beat the, us at right. home yeah. in the new stadium. Yeah. 
So the omens aren't great. I think a draw, which is everyone's kind of favourite prediction, probably doesn't help that much. I mean, well, in, it in certainly won't help our league position. It certainly, certainly don't want to lose. I, I mean, some, some fans still think we're going to finish top even four. For Spurs, I mean, even, to even, do that, we're going to start winning football matches. Even for Spurs, and we've sat here many years and discussed the ups and downs, even for Spurs, this has become a conundrum, which seasoned supporters here and experts are struggling to get their head round. Um, I don't fancy us there at the weekend. I mean, at the moment, our waveform suggests that no. I mean, well, as I said before, we haven't won away in the league since Fulham. January the 2019. Oh, was there. That was the a last-minute goal. Last-minute goal. It was we the last time, the last time we won in the league. The last time we played well away from home in the league was December last year when we beat Everton 6-2. Mm, correct. And that is a year ago. Yeah. And then so that got, is boring. You then you've got all the VAR stuff, so who knows? We could play well. And before you know it, your VAR's beat you. We were, we were at Leicester. Yeah, we played well against Leicester. We were Leicester one goal season. up and we were battering yeah. Leicester. Yeah, yeah. and we were going to Homing Song's hair hadn't been offside that <laughs> afternoon and we would have won that game mm. we could have been second yeah. that's only half a dozen games ago mm. and then you know we need somehow whether it's a VAR goal I couldn't really care less hopefully to beat West Ham it is a VAR goal mm. that's four yards offside hits someone's hand and goes in we need to win a game of football mm. however however it is I don't care who scores how they score this is a game you just have to win well, and I, hope, I don't know that the players on both sides would be too scared to lose. I mean, the, the worry, Darren, again, with the international break is players coming back. Obviously, Harry Kane, wonderful record, a new record now of scoring in every qualifying round of the European Championship. Homin Son, I think, was playing today or last night, a long way away. Um, so the OEA is playing for the Ivory Coast, not too sure where they're playing. So there'll be the usual thing, and it's a Saturday lunchtime. So there'll be players tr- probably travelling back today going into I mean you know this is also it's never, it's never a great preparation when you don't have many of your key players even to train with it's, it's never a great preparation if you lose the game mm. if you win the game then nobody even thinks yeah. about players <laughs> travelling back but um, I'm going to be bold here I'm, I think we're going to win 3-1 oh, oh beautiful your mouth of God is Mike there is one other thing I'd like to say please on the Spurs show on behalf of all fans of Tottenham that they should wish the boy at Everton Gomez a speedy recovery from that horrific oh, injury. Absolutely. And that, I'm sure, goes out from everyone at Tottenham Hotspur yeah. Football oh, absolutely. Club. Of course. It goes without saying, really, Robert. Okay. I'm going to go with Darren Burney on this. Oh, word. First I think it'll be typical Spurs of Spurs to go and win comfortably. and shut us all up. Well, I hope so. Um, more I'm going 2-0 Spurs. Darren, what do you reckon your prediction? We're going to give West Ham exactly what they deserve a good pasting and win by two or three goals. Oh, well, well, we're see, all agreed on that. We had a good moment. We all agreed Typical Spurs show. It's a good nearly an hour of doom and gloom. And then as real fans, <laughs> you just can't comprehend the sort of hope comes back in, the come on, we can do this. We can still win. I'm going to scupper that by saying one all. I oh. just think, as you alluded to there, Darren, it's going to be so tight and no one want to lose. A draw be no good to either of them, but... You don't want to lose this, this game. This is one of the first times I've seen you this animated, actually. Yeah, because no one. I mean, you know, even with the Champions League defeat and the man of defeat conceding after two minutes, I'm sure not one Spurs fan thought we'd go into the season and after 12 games be 14th in the league. Yes, we thought there might be a slight hangover. Um, you know, things went wrong. But no one would see performances the way we played this season against... Sheffield United, Newcastle, 
uh, Brighton, Bayern Munich, second Watford. half. What well, I mean, there's been some awful performances. See, you know, I mean, you, meant, you mentioned Leicester, as you said there. We, we were quite unlucky that day uh, against Leicester. But even the, the win at home against Southampton, who then went on to get thrashed by Leicester and whatever, wasn't that brilliant. Palace, one half against Palace, where we look good. Do you not think but we're been... starting games so slowly again. Yeah, some slightly strange team selections. Well, this is another thing. I mean, I, you go back upon. to the Watford game, where Watford has got one point away from home all season, no goals, and we play two defensive midfielders. Mm. I mean, sometimes, you know, Pochettino hasn't picked the same team consecutively for 93 games. Right. Wow. It, it mm. looks almost like he doesn't quite know what his best team is at the moment. I get that because he doesn't know if certain of these players... I think Darren's right. When the players go out on the pitch, you know, if you don't try on the pitch, you're going to get hurt. You can get injured like that. I don't think he knows his I, best and I, team. And I think we've also gone away from the basics of what a fan wants, right? Obviously, we want good football. As Spurs fans, we want to play good football, which yeah. is one of the things about if Mourinho come, it would be a worry, but... What do you want? I always go into the season, I want to beat Chelsea, I want to beat West Ham, I want to beat Arsenal. Absolutely. Right? I, whatever happens throughout the season, I, I go to those games and I want to win them. I want a good cup run. Mm. And obviously we want to finish as high in the league as possible. I just feel like we lose a bit of sight of all this now. It's like we're playing in the big league with the Champions League and this and we're acting like we're Man City and Liverpool, but then we're not, we don't do it. But, but ironically, though, you mentioned the Champions League. There was the Red Star game away. Great. He changed the team. Fans were clamming for Lacelso to come in. He did that. Fans were clamming. Don't change the team. Don't change the team against Sheffield United. Okay, he, he, gained, he changed the full backs, but effectively he kept the team. Wow, it's virtually the same team as last week. And then the game, we just played really badly. And we're lucky to get a, a, a point. We had a very lucky goal with a pass back. And they had a VIR goal, should have been allowed effectively. And we were lucky against Sheffield United. And you look at the way Sheffield United play, it was like watching Spurs a few years ago. Closing them down, everyone up for it, everyone jing each other up. That's gone. Clearly, the things we've touched upon tonight, the contract things, things going on, what's been said, who does what at the club, uh, it's clearly affecting the players, because we are not... And again, it's not like we're, not like we're some awful team. We've got, as I said, Harry Kane, the greatest striker in the world. Homin Sun, one of the greatest players currently in the world. We've got some wonderful players there I mean, who aren't performing at the moment when they put the lily white shirt on. Yeah, I mean, actually more of a concern to me is not as much as changing the team around, which I think is a concern, but the changing of formation. Mm. Um, because I do think that when we were playing at our best last year with the four-two-three-one, mm. we, that was our best formation. Yeah. It seems to me, oh, he's gone four-three-three a lot. Um, maybe because he needs to fit players in. I mean, you are right. If you look at Tottenham two last two or three seasons, when they play, they play all for one. They're a team. Mm. That was the thing about Tottenham. Yeah, they didn't necessarily have the superstars. They're a team. Loved under now something. Like Whatever it is, whether you read, believe any stories and whatever it is, that something has happened because they are not a team. You see when, mm. you see mm. when they score, well, we can they see don't go up together, no. yeah? Mm. Something mm. in that changing room has happened. Mm. Now, the only way that Pochettino is really screwed is if those players decide they don't want to play for him anymore, he's screwed. He's mm. done. Yeah. As, as with any manager. With any, as manager. With any manager. But that, that's one thing I notice with Tottenham now when you watch them, and all fans notice him. 
They're a team. They're, mm. they're three years old as they can't play the high-pressing game anymore because they're too old. And I th- some, something, something has happened. Whatever it is, I don't know. But something has happened. Darren, where, let's, you know, uh, sorry to be pessimistic again, but I think we all agree that Pochettino, unless he's sacked, won't walk. Why should he? He's under contract, etc., etc. What's your gut feeling what will happen this season? Do you think it will be one of those mid, sort of like, <laughs> like the mid-90s, sort of mid-table, maybe, you know, how do you, what's your gut feeling how this season's going to pan out? Well, I, I'm hoping we'll climb up the table. I mean, Pochettino, knowing him, he's not the sort of guy that would stick around if he's not wanted. Um, if he really felt that he couldn't take the team f- further forward, um, I'm sure him and Daniel would sit down and just decide mutually that now is the time for a change. But equally, he's gone from the probably the most sought-after manager um, in June, and now... You know, it's not good for his reputation. I, I'm sure that he would want to turn things around, and I'm sure he's fully committed at Spurs. Hopefully, he'll be given the time and we can see the improvement. But equally, if we're sitting in two months later in the same position, then, yeah, um, you wonder where you can go from here. Uh, maybe it is then the time to change. But as I said, there's some issues there with players at the end of their contract. Um whether anybody could come in and do the job as, as we discussed tonight I don't think that's not necessarily the case I think you've got to give him time this is the first crisis in his tenure and um, yeah hopefully we can be a little bit more patient and we'll see an improvement starting on on, on, sun, um, on Saturday Tom, what do you, how do you think the season's going to pan out? How's the season going to pan out? Mm. I'll tell you exactly how it's going to pan out we will win the Champions League <laughs> Jeff Pope was on the show a few weeks ago. Said I'm exactly the same you. thing. Telling he said you. it wouldn't surprise we're, me if after all we're better, this, I know the Bayern you know. Munich game was a one-off, but <laughs> I know we lost seven-two. The first thirty minutes, we were the better team. Yeah, I know really, that doesn't really, really help. Really that, that's what will happen this season. But that's, well, the, that's extraordinary. That's the irony of football, mm. and there's also that thin line in football where we were discussing about Leicester when we had the VAR yeah. goal turned down. Mm. That is the fine line of football, <laughs> and you know the unexpected happens. Rob, would you take 14th in the league and win the FA Cup? We're not going to finish in the top four, but we will qualify for the Europa League. Right. Um, we'll get knocked out of the quarterfinal of the Champions League. He'll get the sack before the end of the season and we'll win the FA Cup. Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen at home, you've heard some extraordinary stuff tonight on the Spurs show, Crisis show. Uh, Darren, very quickly, as it's your debut, we always like to, to ask our, our, our guests... First game at Spurs, do you remember what it was? First time you went to Spurs? It was 1975. Oh, God, we're talking about the the awful years. And I can't even remember which team it was. I was a young kid then. 75. Yeah. That was the year that we kind of, when we were really flirting with relegation. Yeah. Um, Actually, I think 75 was Terry Neal. That was one season we actually did quite well. I think we finished, after nearly going down against Leeds... Uh, we actually finished ninth, I think, from, from memory. And then it all went it, to shit. It got worse before it, it did got, get worse. Before it got a lot. And it could better. again. It could again. Down. Yeah. Was your first game? You remember? 1974. We had to beat Leeds to stay up. Four two. beat them four two. That's right. The one thing I always remember is Peter Lorimer hit a shot. Yeah, that hit the post. It is so hard. It came straight back out. The first time it bounced was outside the penalty box. <laughs> Amazing. Well, look, thank you very much, Dan Burney. Lovely to have you here thank you. on the Spurs Show. Dan Rockman, thank you very much. 
uh, for joining us. Rob, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, don't forget, next week, as I said, we're here with uh, Richard Brecker, Simon Cantor, and Norman J, MBE, discussing his new book. Don't forget, get your tickets for the Spurs Show Christmas Party. Garth Crooks, Steve Archibald, what, a, what an opportunity to come and meet them. Live.spurshow.net. We've also got Paul Hawksby from TalkSport on that show. We'll be back next week. Until then, come on, you Spurs. see Crooks and Archibald in their first Central London appearance together since hanging up their Spurs boots 35 years ago. Spurs show season ticket holders get an automatic ticket with priority entry, with tickets also available at live.spursshow.net. No one does Christmas like the Spurs show, except perhaps Bing Crosby and Jesus. Get your tickets at live.spurshow.net or get free entry to all our live Spurs shows at season.spurshow.net. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at spurshow.net. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.